welcome to Reframe and Rewire Greatness Through Daily Routine. This podcast is designed to alter your mindsets and transform your day-to-day from the second you open your eyes to you close them at night, adapting what I would call a success routine. This series is liable to change your life. And it's never the big things that you do, but the littlest things you do every day that make the biggest difference. And now, on to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Welcome back to the podcast as we continue the series on the science of good sleep. If you're just now joining us, I would encourage you to go back and listen from the very beginning. So we've shared a lot of information already about the functions of the brain, circadian rhythm, understanding what light does to us, how to produce melatonin more um, readily, especially at the time frames we want to go to bed, and a number of other things, including uh, removing toxicity from the brain, etc., etc. So please go back and listen from the beginning to hear all of this. Um, but if you're looking to improve your sleep, this is, you're definitely in the right place. So I appreciate you being on with us today as we continue in this series. I want to jump back into our list of ways in which you can improve your sleep. And I'm going to go on next to light exposure in the evening. Yesterday we talked about light exposure during the day. But I want to talk about light exposure in the evening hours. Now, as I mentioned in yesterday's episode, that we need to get at least two hours of light exposure during the day in order to produce enough melatonin at night to have a good night's sleep. And whatever day is to you, it could be different than someone else, but we need to produce that. But realizing that if we have any exposure to light uh, in the evening, it can have the opposite effect. And again, this is going to affect your circadian rhythm. It's going to trick your brain into thinking it's still daytime, and especially with blue light. Now, when I say blue light, I'm talking about screens. So television iPads uh, or tablets, uh, cell cell phones, anything that produces that blue light can severely affect your ability to produce that melatonin and prevent you from relaxing enough to get sleep and especially affecting your ability to get deep sleep. We talked about deep sleep and REM sleep sleep cycles a couple of episodes ago, so if you want to hear more about that, you need to go back. So any kind of electric device in large amounts, is the worst culprit in causing this for you. Again, you've got to experiment to find out, and you've got to do it long-term to really get a change. So I've been mentioning the fact you can't just do it for a week or two weeks to see a difference. you got to do it long-term. But in the case of light, I think you might even notice a difference sooner. Um, But there's definitely some popular methods you can use to reduce nighttime blue light exposure. Um, you can wear glasses that block blue light if you have to be up working on something. Um, you can download uh, specific apps that block blue light on your computer or laptop. You can install um, something on your phone, say for example, that might prevent that. Uh, but even better, stop looking at screens you know, and turn off any bright lights. And if you sleep in a room that is well lit or perhaps your bedtime is a time in your area of the globe that it is well lit. You may need to darken those windows. So putting, you know, darkening curtains or drapes or shades or or whatever you have over those window spaces to darken the room enough so that you can um, trick yourself into believing it is night and therefore produce the melatonin that you need to sleep well, okay? So um, again, 
uh, the light before bed, two hours minimum before bed is what it's going to require for you to really notice a significant difference. 15 minutes won't work, half hour won't work, an hour won't work. You've got to have at least two hours. So you're going to have to create a ritual or routine that's going to enable you to have that opportunity. And the other benefit to this, okay, and it has not a whole lot to do with sleep, although it may have some bearing in it, is that that two hours could be used for relaxation, meditation, gratitude, just spending time with your family, maybe reading a book, um, you know, in a soft, you know, in a soft environment. All those kinds of things can really generate good sleep. But uh, but as I'd mentioned before with theta, which is right before you go to sleep, the brainwave state. And here again, if you miss that one, go back and listen to that. Um, <laughs> but theta is a programming phase. So what you're listening to or what kind of negative or positive influence you're putting into yourself right before bed can make a huge difference in your ability to stay restful and have a peaceful night's sleep. Okay, We'll probably get into more details on that later, but I wanted to just touch on that today since we're on the topic of that two-hour time frame. Okay, one other quick tip here before we run out of time. Don't consume caffeine late in the day. Caffeine has numerous benefits and um, is consumed by a lot of people. But a single dose can enhance focus, energy, and sports performance. And so great in the morning, right? But if you do it late in the day, it can stimulate your nervous system and may stop your body from naturally relaxing at night. In fact, one study stated that consuming caffeine up to six hours before bed can worsen your sleep quality. Again, it depends on the person, depends on your metabolism, it depends on your circadian rhythm, it depends on your patterns and who you are, but that is one study that came out, so it's worth mentioning. Um, and if it's something you're doing, maybe it's something you need to cut back on and try it for a long term to notice if it makes a difference. Uh, caffeine can actually stay elevated in your blood six to eight hours. Therefore, drinking large amounts of coffee or any caffeinated beverage after 3 to 4 p.m. is not recommended, especially if you happen to be sensitive to caffeine or you're currently experiencing any kind of insomnia. So if you really are craving a cup of coffee, you can always go to decaffeinated. You'll get a similar flavor, and, um, and, and maybe it'll, it'll, take, it'll help you at least wean off of the idea of having caffeine after that time frame. All right, well, we are at the end of today's podcast episode. This is Michelle Steffes, Reframe and Rewire. Please join us back tomorrow as we share more tips on how to improve your sleep cycle. Thank you for joining me.